Hello, my friends. Welcome to the latest episode of Between You and Me, the podcast where I talk to music makers about the things that hurt, heal and change us in evangelical culture. My name is Jessica Morris. I am an Aussie music journalist. And this episode is brought to you by our friends at JesusWide.com, your number one source for independent Christian music news, reviews and interviews. I have to actually be super honest with you. Today, I think, is my favorite, most favorite episode we have ever done. And I'm not just saying that. It's my favorite episode because we speak to an artist, legend, a hip-hop artist, about a topic that essentially is what drew me to create this podcast in the first place. We are talking about political idolatry, or for less religious terms, we're talking about making a God of politics, how it divides the church and how we, speaking broadly about the church of people who affiliate themselves as evangelical, and how we use things like prejudice and race and bigotry to divide the church and actually harm other people. Okay, guys, so today we have an interview with Christian hip-hop artist Legend. I I can't speak highly enough about this man. For starters, when we started the interview, he sent me um, like um, a gif with like a high five, like, yes, we did a good job when we were starting. And I knew that we we're going to be friends. He's just a really cool down-to-earth guy. But Legend is is so much more than just an artist, which is enough. He is a pastor in Norfolk, Virginia. He is a social justice advocate. He is a person with great authority in the white evangelical church and he brings a lot of life experience as a black man into that. He is an acclaimed musician. He started Renaissance Records. He has a degree from Regent College in British Columbia. If you're looking for someone qualified to talk about God, race, the church and unity and political ideology, legend is it. So I couldn't have asked for a better guest. And the great part about Legend is not just that he has all these qualifications, right? But he puts them to use. And he does that in multiple ways. So earlier this year, in response to the death of George Floyd, Legend Legend was one of the primary coordinators of his local effort to create a peaceful prayer march for George Floyd. They gathered, get this, a hundred different churches, different faiths, different denominations, different ages, different backgrounds, and 5,000 people to peacefully protest, march, and pray after the death of George Floyd on the streets of Virginia. Beyond that, legend speaks and preaches about any myriad of things like a preacher does, right? But what got me was he has, there's a snippet on YouTube, which I will link to you in the show notes, where he talks about political idolatry. And he calls out the white evangelical church, or just the church in general. He calls out the church for making gods of politics, for making gods of our political parties, of our politicians. And that's not just an American thing, because it's very easy as an Aussie for me to go, look, that's them saying it's about the Democrats. Or this, this is that saying them about the Republicans. No, that's not just an American thing. That's an Aussie thing. And I'm guilty of it too. Like we have a primarily two-party system here too. And I am as guilty as anyone else of championing one party because I think another one is so bad. So Legend is unafraid to call out what's really happening in the church. And that culminated in his EP, which he released about a month ago now, called In This Moment. In This Moment is for sensational tracks, generally sensational tracks, where legend is processing what it means to be a black man in America, a black, man, a black Christian in America, what it means to be a father. And he talks about the people that we have lost to police brutality. He talks about George Floyd. He talks about conversations with friends, primarily white friends, where they don't get it. It's a tragic EP because it shouldn't have to be created. But it's, it's sacred because it's so honest and it carries such a spiritual authority because there's so much conviction. It comes from such a deep place of lived experience and love. There's such a sense at the moment for me 
within the church, in whatever country you're in, where we are so divided that that we are so hurting that we will be mean to each other. Like not just mean to people outside the church walls, but we will also be mean to each other. And we will act in the most unchristlike manner to each other. And a lot of that happens on social media. And it's disgusting. That's the reason that I don't want to be part of the church. Yet legend comes in and he doesn't throw vitriol around. He hands out truth and speaks it with authority. And it's not even judgment. It's just conviction. And it's unlike anything else I have heard or seen in the evangelical church in regards to how we are approaching race and racial division and how we are approaching unity right now. Um, and that that is why you need to hear today's episode because every moment of Legends Conversation is, is like a treasure that I feel like the church needs to take and study. I recorded this about a month ago now and at the time legend was on break he was understandably so weary um, and he talked about the fact that working in this sphere as a I use the term social justice advocate but like a Christ follower who speaks up um, a black man who is choosing to continually speak up and engage in life-giving conversations with friends and other people who don't always agree with him, it's exhausting. And we came to this place, it was like right at the end of July, where he was on break and he was tired and he scheduled time to talk with me. At the time, it had been the crappiest year ever. And just in respect to the stuff we're talking about today, American presidential elections are ramping up, COVID stats are increasing, Mental health for everyone is really tough right now. We lost Chadwick Boseman. We learned more details about the death of Daniel Prude in March. We heard about the shooting of Jacob Blake. It's just too much. But it's life. And there's injustice here. And that's why this conversation is important because I believe that things can change and they will change because we want to live and act in love. But we have to start facing the darkness and facing the reality of what we're living in if we want to change. That's why you need to hear legend today. Through this episode, you will hear some of the tracks from his EP let them speak to you as much as the rest of his words. It's worth it. Uh, and at the end, we'll have another quick chat about reflections um, and some behind-the-scenes stuff. Guys, this is Legend. Theology, Advocacy and Great Beats – for hip-hop artist Nigel Anderson, these all go hand in hand. Better known by his stage name, Legend, he's an acclaimed spoken word artist, preacher, advocate and podcaster. Not to mention he started his own record label and non-profit. In 2012, Legend released his first album, The Catalyst, independently dropping it under his label Renaissance Records. It would be another six years before he released his EP, Darkroom, where he explored his insecurities about being a father and living in a racially divided America. Yet in this time, he would go on to forge a name for himself on and off the stage. Legend has appeared with Lecrae and opened for artists like KB, Da Truth, Tadashi, Social Club Misfits, Canon, Diraj, Aaron Cole and Flame. And over the years, he has produced and promoted tours in the USA and he has performed in London, England, Nairobi, Kenya, Pretoria and Cape Town in South Africa. Not a bad effort, right? Meanwhile, on the home front, legend welcomed hip-hop artist Sinai, now Jermaine Lemour, our friend, and Focus to the Renaissance Music family and expanded to create the non-profit Expect Renaissance Inc. The non-profit exists to challenge the culture with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the multifaceted initiative pairs music and mentoring to create change by mentoring upcoming hip-hop artists and using their art to change society. 
It has resulted in multiple trips overseas and most notably in the Safe House Project, where Legend and other artists helped to raise $140,000 to build a safe house for children in Pretoria, South Africa with Keras Global. Legend and his team did this by creating a Safe House compilation album, which raised $140,000 for the project. Featuring Sinai and Focus, Legend worked with Grammy-nominated artist Truth, KJ Scriven, Eshon Burgundy and Jared Sanders to produce the album. In addition, the free documentary Beyond Borders was also released to chronicle the time in Pretoria. Throughout all this, it's worth noting that Legend continued to work as a pastor and speaker at Crossroads Church in Norfolk, Virginia. He started his Fear Not podcast and dropped multiple singles over 2019, including Mad Love. In 2020, Legend was set to release a new single every month, and he quickly gave us I'm a Man and the Boppy All the Way, featuring Rashawn Burgundy. However, as 2020 continued and racial upheaval made the international news, Legend felt compelled to record an EP dedicated to justice and unity in the church. The result was In This Moment. It was a timely and vulnerable release for Legend, where he shared his own experience being a trusted black voice in a primarily white evangelical church. He pulled from his own experience organising a prayer march in his hometown, where a hundred churches and 5,000 people gathered to call for change and unity after the death of George Floyd. I spoke to Legend about why a politically divided church needs to unite, what the toll is when you work for racial reconciliation, and why people and Christians like to make a god of politics. This is a multi-talented, very, very wise man. Meet Legend. We'll start by saying that this is a podcast um, where we talk about the things, or we try to, that hurt, heal, and change us in evangelical culture. Um, and that comes along with music um, because inevitably musicians sort of lead the way or they're meant to lead the way in that, uh, which is why when I heard about your EP in this moment and your music and your ministry, I was so excited because I was like, that's exactly in our wheelhouse uh, and exactly what so many people who who know Jesus and who don't want and desperately want to hear about right now. Um, so I just wanted to know for a start, this is also already a loaded question, tell me about your EP in this moment and what actually led to its creation. Yeah. Um, well, the reason that the reason that I made in this moment is was is twofold. One is is obviously a response to what we're seeing here in the states in this current moment and the uprising that's again spun all over the world, um, which I believe are from you know just deeply planted seeds that we never dug up uh, that that we founded our country on. We founded our country on some on some really beautiful words and some really bad actions. Um, and we just never really got away from that. We never said sorry. We never made it right. It's just with this, we're just dealing with the fruit now. Um, so it's just in this moment of what we're seeing, and this is my response to it, and um, the hope that we, no matter what side of the fence somebody is on the conversation about racial injustice, that we come out of our corners and talk to each other and realize that we all need each other to make it through this. We won't survive otherwise. Um, but also, uh, the more personal note is that I um, about a few weeks ago, I hit a wall just physically, emotionally. Uh, I never really suffered with depression as I know it, and but I just checked all the boxes. Like I was, I guess I was going through that. I talked to my counselor. He said, "This is what it is." Um, and I just, I've been running like the whole year. It's been tough. I lost my grandmother. I lost my mentor. Um, you know, COVID stuff and family things, and 
Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, other murders that we never got over on, on this side. Um, and it just running hard. I'm always in conversations about this. And then my pastor was like, let's do a march. And it was amazing. And 5,000 people showed up. And it was just all taxing me. And I just, shortly after that march, I just woke up one day and I hit a wall. And I was like, I don't have anything in the tank. Um, so I just was really depressed. And I called my, my friend Laquan Green, who produced the whole track. He's a Grammy-winning producer. And uh, we had worked on a song two years before that we never put out about this topic uh, and uh, about racial stuff. And I called him. I was like, bro, is there ever going to be three months we don't need to put that song out? And he was like, no. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to come see you this weekend. So I went to the studio feeling depleted. And he just started throwing on beats. And I was like, wait, what about that one? What about that one? And before, 15 minutes later, we was like, we have four other song ideas. And we didn't even have the other song. So we ended up just focusing on, like, we got to make a whole new project. So we made a whole, and we just said, let's do it in this moment. We made it in like two days total, and we said, let's put it out right now where with how we're feeling, and we just went for it. So that that all came in this moment as a response to the stuff in this moment. Um, that's that's so it's a multi 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 meaning. Yeah, that's incredible. And there's not there isn't like a better moment to put the put it out. Like it, I was listening to it, and it's it's literally what 2020 sounds like in this moment for lack of a better term um but but it's there there's something so unique about what you have brought to that to that ep because it's so full of truth and conviction um but there's also a real spirit of there's a real spirit of authority to it um like like um that I haven't heard anywhere else. And that part of that could be because I'm Australian and I'm currently in Australia watching this, but um, I, I'm i already going on a tangent, sorry. <laughs> but, no, no, I need this. I'm curious to your perspective. I, I, um, I want to know what you feel. I, there is, like, the biggest, the biggest problem that a lot of people have with the church right now, that, that people in the church have with the church right now, is that we are that we are divided um, and or that we are, uh, it looks like we're condoning things by either being silent or supporting some things, not others. Um, And your, your EP and even like the March, I watched the video for that. That was ridiculous. Incredible. Um, It was, was nearly like in direct contrast to that. It felt like, like the armies of God going to like warring with love. It, it sort of, it looked to me like that was what the church is meant to be. And I hadn't, I haven't seen that in that capacity before, especially in the evangelical church in America. Um, as an Australian, I've got I, I, my perception of it, the evangelical church in America is even probably different to some people in the church in America. <laughs> so, um, but it's yeah. So, so what you bought with that EP uh, and, what I imagine it cost you is so pivotal right now. Um, and that's not even something that I had on my list to talk about, but please, please know that. Like I, I was, it's not, it doesn't exist to encourage me. It exists to like compel me to actually move and be in action, but it meant the world to me that you are choosing to use your voice to essentially lead the way in a charge that you shouldn't have to lead. Um, so, um, thank you. Uh, before we even ask other questions, you, thank you. Don't turn away your faces, don't turn away from cases. Play in the hand you dealt with, your house of cards is makeshift. The entire narrative that you've been saying back into our face is baseless. Divided we stand, united we fall, I'm out of that grave, good gracious. Don't turn away your faces, don't turn away from cases. Play in the hand you dealt with, your house of cards is makeshift. The entire narrative that you've been saying back into our face is baseless. Divided we stand, united we fall, I'm out of that grave, good gracious. He said it can't be Canaan, isn't it isolated? Isn't it just bad apples? Isn't it not that flagrant? Said that the fruit ain't far from the tree, so look at the roots we made here. We do not like the fruit, but this is the way we made it. But I know D. Ray Maker, and I am waiting on his replacement. He said he already gave the statement, told me you're scaring the hell out of Satan. Huh. 
If my people will turn away and humble themselves and praise away, then he will hear and turn until that moment your prayers is wasted. Wait, don't turn away your faces. Don't turn away from cases. Plague in the head you dealt with. Your house of cards is makeshift. Like you said, people will look at us and they think we're divided. And we're not more divided than anybody else. The church is full of human beings, so everybody's divided. But we we claim a certain moral standard. Um, and, you know, and it, again, we're not going to perfectly hold that. Like, the scriptures are extremely clear about that. But um, I think that if anybody's going to figure out reconciliation, it's got to be us. And if we can't figure it out, when literally our book says this is what this whole thing is about, uh, reconciliation with God and then man, uh, not not reverse of that. Then I don't have any hope for anybody else figuring it out. Um, so my my writing is like, yo, if I can just challenge everybody to get off of their high horse, um, to get out of their corner, to get out of their my political party's better than yours, and if you would just vote for us and everything would be okay. Um, and all the, and then oh yeah, Jesus is cool too. Like that's kind of how we do it. Like stop all that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. Um, if we can just get away from that, but people don't realize how big of a God, um, politics has become to them. And, and Jesus is like an optional, you know, deity, but politics is the real because you look at people's social media feeds and they spend more time debating for their candidate than they do their Christ. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's, that's, that shows where your heart's at. So it is what it is with that. Um, I just, I just wanted to drop something to challenge everybody to just like, you know, chill out and stop. Whatever you're banking and putting your hope into is not going to work. That's why it hasn't worked yet. Um, really, you have to focus on Christ fully. And I don't think we've done that. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you already touched on this by talking actually about how the EP came out of essentially when you were like you hit the wall and you sort of came really emotionally depleted. But what has it cost you emotionally and spiritually to not only make the EP but get to this point in this this year? To get to the point this year, what do you mean? Like, um, to to not just to survive twenty twenty, like we all we all have sort of survived in that sense, yeah, but yeah. but to get to this point where you have been really averts and really you've put so much effort into unifying churches, talking truth in love, being full of conviction, creating your EP to create a difference. You've it it feels like my perception is that you have you have taken every day this year with a sense of like I'm just I'm just going for it. It I don't know what it like how much how exhausting it's gonna be, but I'm running for it because this is right and this is what God wants. That's my perception. What has it actually like emotionally and phys- like spiritually cost you like what what toll does that take on you oh i got you um well i think the back the background of the ep and even the march is that my pastor kevin trepper and i we started an organization four summers ago um to help faith leaders dialogue about racial injustices called the hr Anthro city collective and so we started having really intentional conversations with pastors who are all across the spectrum um, all different denominations, political stripes, colors. I think we, had, you know, this is the worst problem of our day to, I don't even think it's an issue and everybody in between and giving them a safe space to build relationships and talk. So we're con- we were constantly having conversations, whether there was a flare up in the national news or not on a racial issue. Um, and sometimes you feel like you're wasting time. Sometimes it's, it's, it's draining. Um, sometimes it's, it's the most f- fulfilling thing ever when you see, um, you know, faith leaders really get it and put their hands on the plow um, without guilting them into doing that. They just, you just see God do it. Um, so we've been doing that for years. So going into this year, um, it was just, we're just going to keep kind of figuring stuff out and kind of fumbling through the dark and hope, helping, hoping that, you know, other pastors get on board. And then, and then uh, uh, Ahmaud Arbery happened and, and hit the national news. And that just, and that wrecked me. And I mentioned that on field. Uh, and then other things were going on. Then Brianna happened, and then George happened. Um, and so when those things happened and, 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 and kept getting national attention, I'm glad they did. Because I'm in a lot of white spaces. I had I had a lot of the same conversation over and over again, which I signed up to do. It's an honor for me to do that. Uh, I'm For a lot of people, I'm a trusted black voice they can go to. I don't claim to speak for all black people. I speak for me, but for a lot of people, I'm a trusted black voice for them to, hey, man, if you really think there's a problem, show it to me, you know? Um, so I don't mind doing that, but it just, it just took a toll on me for, from having the conversation. So for me, I'm, I'm very much a peacemaker. I'm very much not, I'm not going to, I don't want to win an argument and lose a person. 
So we're going to have a conversation, and if it's going to go somewhere other than friends talking, I'm out. I don't deal. I don't deal with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means a lot of times I have to listen to the same uh, rebuttals and same points that are made against why there's not an issue, uh, which I listen to, but it gets more and more personal every time. Because I'm like, bro, like you're talking about my son. You're talking about me. Um, if if I if something happened to me and I and I become a national case somebody that's on your side of the fence would make those same cases about me and say, well, I'm sure there's more to the story. I'm sure. Well, look at the black on black crime statistics or, oh man, you know, I'm, you know, the, you know, there's, it's gotta be more to it than that. Like I'm sure he was, he was pretty probably criminal anyway. I, I'm have to hear all that stuff. Um, I would have to hear that about my son. Um, and, and so at a certain point it becomes against like winning a debate versus a, this is personal. And that started to take a toll on me. Um, but I'm, I'm just wired in the sense to where I want to be in those spaces because if one person gets it, I don't know who that person is. I don't know if that person is the next judge. I don't know if that person is the next politician who's going to, you know, make changes in law. I don't know if I keep, if I keep, if I keep myself in spaces where I'm able to serve anybody, no matter where they come from. Um, I don't know whose mind, who, whose mind can change and who the Lord may do. So I've seen God change, change the hardest of hearts. I've seen scales fall off many eyes. And I just want to be in a space to help that. So I think it just caused me having to hear it over and over and over and over again um, from some people that, you know, well, you're worried about nothing. It's really just the liberal media tricking you because, you know, obviously you're dumb enough to be tricked by the liberal media. So I, I, so that took a, that took, I think that was the cost for me. And I don't talk about it much because I don't want to complain because there's people who paid a lot more than that. Yeah. Um, but just personally, that's been what's up for me. And I think I think that's what had me hit a little bit of a wall. So uh, I stopped taking every meeting. I stopped going to everything I could go to. And I'm only going to stuff specifically that I feel like the Lord wants me at. And then um, other than that, uh, right right now in this space, I'm kind of actually in a – I'm actually off right now. I'm taking like a couple-week vacay and um, just to chill and just refresh. and spend a lot of time with my wife and kids, so – um, I think, I guess that was the cost really was just having to process it over and over and over again, um, deeply from, cause I want to be able to deeply serve the side that is really struggling. Like I'm, I'm a, my church is predominantly white. I have a lot of white friends, like really good friends. And a lot of them are really wrestling cause they haven't had to grow up thinking through these things yeah. or even noticing them. And it's easy from a black person's perspective to say, how could you not see it? You must be racist. Um, but I have a lot of friends. I know that's not the case. So I, I want to serve them and say, hey, man, what you just said, you don't realize that means da 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 and, and I do that with a lot of my friends because I love them. Um, but I think, you know, I think it just took a toll on me. Tears for the ones that we lost. Tears for what all of this cost. Tears that we needed to cross. Live like him at all costs. Live like him at all costs. Put him in a bowl that's much. Out here doing the most. Try and do me, no boast. Talk to the spirit on phones. Poltergeist proving that ghost. Well, I ain't trusting your agenda and your vote was so polluted like, well, politics the guy that you bow to. Promise I ain't moving like, no. Motions, y'all going through them like, well, most, you can't even do it like, uh, right, left, leg, boy, you need both. Break bread with the wine while I'm doing that toast. Cheers. Stand in the gap, cross space like light years fast. Gotta keep pace, else I'm gonna crash. Fix it all quick, don't work like that. Privilege all good cause it ain't in our face and we don't see the worst case. Best thing system ever did was convince you that really want a system in the first place. How you see a body in the street feel nothing. Spiritually dead, why you ain't feel nothing? Next time you see a body in the street, I don't care if it's black, white, or other man, won't you cry? Tears for the ones that we lost. Tears for what all of this cost. Tears that we needed to cross. Live like him at all costs. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. How does truth telling lead to unity? Hmm. That there is no unity without truth telling. You know, they can't. You can't get if if you're if you're unified without telling the truth to somebody, then the unity's fake. Because once that once that truth does come out, the person knows you didn't care about them enough to tell them the truth, or that that unity was built on something fragile. So you have to tell the truth to get to unity. Like that's what, you know, the Bible says a brother's born through adversity. Truth hurts. And sometimes it sucks, but it's right. And when you tell the truth, then you're able to unify on something that's solid. You know, Jesus, I was just listening to a, a podcast before we spoke. Um, and the guy says, you know, Jesus says to Nicodemus, one of the most controversial things, the scriptures, you got the scripture, you got to be born again. And he's like, um, 
he's like, that, that's really controversial. He says the first time you were born wasn't right. You were disconnected from God. You must be born again. And that's everybody. And it's really controversial. But if Jesus didn't say that, we wouldn't know how deep the disconnect, the disconnect from God is. So he had to say it. And it changed Nicodemus' life. It changed my life. It changed your life. So you got to tell truth to really be unified. We don't, we don't get to John 17 without that conversation with Nicodemus in John 3, where Jesus says, Lord, make them one as we're one. We don't get there unless we know the truth that we got one again in the first place because we're all disconnected. So um, I, I think that you have to tell truth in order to really be unified. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Um, you've sort of already answered answered the next question that I have because you have talked about why you choose to live life the way you choose to live it, why you have the relationships that you have. Um, but I had the question down, why do you continue to work and lead in, I would say, in this space of reconciliation, but really just justice and living like Christ? Um, why do you continue to work in this space when there will inevitably be some people who will reject you or reject what you're saying in the name of Jesus? Sure. Um, I think my fir first thing comes to my mind is I got a lot of friends. I have a lot of friends. We're unified. I have a lot of I have a lot of friends who I don't want to think that there are white people that don't care about them. I have a lot of white friends who I don't want my black friends to think that they're all racist and I lump them in with. Um, I have a lot of people who who have positions that are very offensive and they just don't get it. And I want them to understand, like, yo, know, the world is bigger than that. And there are a lot of people out here who, who want to love you. You're missing out on some of the image of God because you're not connected to certain people. Um, I've got a son. I've got a daughter. I, 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 I want to think that if something happened to them, that there are people uh, who not, not only people who look like them who would run to the rescue, but people who don't look like them who would run to the rescue. And I think that every conversation I get to have with somebody kind of widens that pot of people who don't look like them who would run to the rescue by doing my small part. Um, I like to think that if I have a, if I have something happen to a friend that doesn't look like me, that I would run to their rescue. Um, and I, I just think that we don't have a choice. We don't have a choice to think this is fixed. Because if the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, uh, and if we're born separated from God and therefore separated from each other, we're never going to fix this issue fully. And that means we have to keep fighting uphill against it because our natural inclination is to be separated and divided. We have to walk the other direction on purpose. And I don't think we're going to fix this fully in my lifetime. We can pass good laws. Um, we, can, we can change the climate and culture. But there's going to be somewhere where somebody feels they're better than somebody else because of something. That's just the nature of sin. Um, and until Christ comes back, we're, we're going to be battling that. But I think that I don't have a choice if I want my kids to experience the fullness of the gospel, if I want them to not have uh, cultural and sinful blinders on them about who's good and who's not. If, if um, I, I, don't, I don't really know what else to do other than just say we, we have to fight for this. Um, just we're going to keep having issues about it because that's what we do so we have to keep fighting against those issues yeah yeah i hear that what does it mean to live like jesus in 2020 <laughs> um, um my, uh, my pastor kevin says uh discipleship is becoming who jesus would be if he were you um so i think i think to live like jesus means that we must be um sacrificial that means we give of ourselves and we don't get anything back. The, the most beautiful picture of Jesus I have is, is him on the cross looking down at the people who just put him there and says, God, please forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And um, so I think my goal is to be willing to do that. Um, and don't, I don't want to have to do that. But in reality, we have to at some point. So um, I want to be willing to do that. Um, and and that that's I think that's living like Jesus, being willing to give of yourself when and if you don't get anything back. So, like, my goal with this conversation and with all this stuff isn't, um, man, I hope I change everybody's mind. I just, I don't think I'm going to do that. My goal is, am I willing to do the same thing if nobody changes their mind? Yeah. And that's that's how I hope I can live. I think that's living like Christ. Yes. Thank you. Marbury, as you know, was chased, shot, and killed while jogging through his Georgia neighborhood back in February. It took just seconds for traffic stop to turn deadly. 26-year-old emergency room technician was shot eight times in her home by police and shooting in search warrant as part of the blood investigation. Oh,
never asked you to understand. I just asked you to stand. I didn't ask for pontification, just a different situation. Or you might look at me as a man. I didn't say move, but ain't expect complacency. I showed you a dead body. You told me wait and see. Told Cap to stand up while you take your seat. You repent of sins, but here you won't even take your knee. You want to talk stats and numbers, but who made those stats and numbers? The dignity to breathe that's been retracted from us. Black on black, you have to wonder who controls the arrests and where the sums from. And why is that the only crime brand you've ever heard of? You want me to hear your side, but you ain't hearing mine. You try and walk on eggshells, I'm busy clearing minds. Political idolatry, we can't escape. But my brother turned his back on me because I won't support his candidate. Do you feel me? I'm wondering, do you hear me? Do you hear me now? Do you feel me? You talk about political idolatry um, a lot. And I was, and this may sound like an odd response, but I was so excited when I saw that. Um, and I saw, I saw the video snippet where you preached about it. And I was like, someone's not just talking about it, but using that phrase. And I was like, this is awesome. Be- uh, purely on like a multiple party level um different countries different nationalities all over the world it happens to all of us um i know that america is somewhat unique in the sense that because of how you guys uh were founded um and the declaration of independence and all that sort of stuff and the the religious language was all weave through that um and my understanding is that that's still very uh, part of the country today and part of how different religious systems work today. Um, but I'm really curious about uh, your perspective on what it looks like when people use their public platform to support a certain political party. Um, and I, I'm, I'm not trying to box you in or, or make you speak about a certain personal party, um, but I was asking because... Earlier this year in January, um, there were a whole bunch of prayer meetings and worship meetings at the White House, which is great. That we need Jesus everywhere. Um, but th- there was a, a photo just of a, a group of people who chose to be part of that photo with the current president of the United States. Um, and I don't want to ask you about particular people in any level, but I, I remember I posted that. And, and sort of said to people, like, I don't know how to feel about this. I'm really confused because I have I have some people in the church who are like, yes, this, and other people who are like, no, this. And I'm like, where is Jesus in that? And I had people responding to me being like, I don't know how to be part of his church. This is what it looks like. Um, so I just wanted your perspective on, on what does it mean to actually, like, vote, vote as a Christian, like in any perspective, like in your own sense, but like actually publicly support or align with a party. Sure. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a problem with people aligning the supporting parties. Um, my problem comes when you think that your party is absolute and the other one is is demonic. Because um, that's the whole political idolatry conversation comes from Tim Keller. He wrote a book called Counterfeit Gods, and in it he said political idolatry is when you glorify or demonize a candidate, mm. and so. For me, that says if your candidate is either a savior or a Satan, then you're in sin somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yes. So like, I don't really, I don't really care who people support at this point because people support different people for different reasons. When and people, people automatically assume that you support the candidate I don't support for the reasons I don't support them. That's why you support, them. and that's not necessarily true. They may support them for other reasons you don't even know about that they just agree with that candidate on. Um, and so they're like, oh, well, you agree with this candidate, so you automatically uh, hate racism and put capitalism over everybody being okay, or you support this candidate, so you like killing babies because they're pro-abortion. And, and like, I just I just haven't met people to fit these boxes only, right? Um, and so we, we put blanket statements on people because it's easy for us to put our political enemies in another box because obviously my team is right because I'm on it, so therefore yours can't just maybe be wrong you have to be wrong on everything you got to be the devil incarnate because i'm right so and that's the way we live so i don't really care who people vote. I just, I just don't judge people by who they vote for i know people who vote for our current president because 
they believe in certain economic policies and things that, that, that. And I know other people who voted for our previous president because they like certain social things he did. And they were both great biblical reasons they voted for him. I, I'm not for or against it. I just, I struggle with the, the whole two-party system as it is, not because it can't work, but because our culture uh, makes it um, one is God and one is Satan and one is right and one is wrong. And therefore, you can't, you know, you won't even see it in our debates. There won't be a candidate on the opposite team who, who even says that one thing that their opponent did was a good idea. They won't even acknowledge it. Like, so you're telling me every decision your opponent made was wrong every time. It's not, that's just not even, it's not even uh, honest to me. That's why I don't trust, when I don't see, when I don't see that, I don't trust you. So when I see, to, to, your, to your question, when I see uh, a Christian leader lift up uh, a candidate or whatever, and they support them, I mean, that's your right, man. Do that. I don't care. But when you're not willing to criticize that person, when they do something that's blatantly against the book you claim is more important than your candidate, now I have a problem with you because I don't trust you. And that's the problem that I run into is a lot of these Christian leaders and people, they're like, they only blow up their leader on the things that they did. See, look, they held up a Bible. Look, they love Jesus. But when they do an act completely contrary, they, they fall dead silent because they don't want to make their side look bad. And so that's what makes the church look like. I have some friends who don't go to the church, don't really rock with Jesus at all. And and they know I do. And they were like, hey, man, I just need to know, man, is, is the church really just a political organization? Is that is that really what, like, what is it really? Because from their vantage, they only see certain church members rise up when they're political persons, you know. So um, that's my problem. When you, when you will not be able to criticize your team or your leader of your party because they're infallible you've replaced jesus with them and i don't and i don't care if you do that from a stage or with a worship song or with a pulpit like you're in idolatry i don't care how many i don't care what doctors you have that's idolatry don't do that so um that's i don't like i, said, I don't judge people based on party who they vote for um i judge them based on if they think that's more important than jesus and a lot of them will say it's not but their actions speak otherwise and that frustrates me no, thank you for that. That was um really convicting in a good way for me too. That was really no, that was really really good. Thank you. Um, and you gave it a lot of context. Um, not just in America, but I see it in Australia too, in different ways. So thank you for that. Um, we, I mean, we think our problems are like Americans think our problems are deeply unique and American because we're here. And I'm like, bro, these are human problems. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is what we do. So. You know, I just I've been I've been looking at the past week. I've been I've been looking into the Truth and Reconciliation Commission in South Africa and what Mandela and Bishop Tutu did and all that. And I'm just I'm seeing I'm seeing some similarities, and then I'm seeing some 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 major differences with how they handled it at at a top of the government level. And I'm just I don't know enough I don't know enough about it to speak on it. But like God keeps taking me to that because they did something special there, and I'm just trying to learn more about it about how they handled it. So. Yeah. It changed everything. I'm not Republican, I get not Democrat, I refuse to pay. You cannot buy my soul with your platform, I refuse to live. Came to the fork in the crossroads, saw the crucifix. They put the hammer on him, but he rose up cause he too legit. Uh. I'm not Republican, I get not Democrat, I refuse to pick. You cannot buy my soul with your platform, I refuse to lit. Came to the fork in the crossroads, saw the crucifix. They put that hammer on him, but he rose up, cause he too legit. Your energy disconnected, why you still speak? Talking to Timothy on the second and fortress to book speakers. My politics ain't on the side, I don't care how you feel, neither. Last time I saw the two parties unite, it was to kill Jesus. Boy, this is God of Gethsemane. Boy, this is Martin on balcony. Boy, this obstructing the power scheme. I stand my tallest on bended knee. We turn your scrap into collard greens, smother turkey leg, double baked mac and cheese. They said the gospel offensive, but watching my God make a table for enemies. I am not gamble gambling with my life on my righteousness with a paradise. When a thief on the cross and get paradise. When a thief on the cross and get paradise. One of the scriptures that keeps coming up um, in regards to the protests that have been happening across the world um, is about um, obeying government authorities, the God-given government authorities, things like that. Um, and and people have different interpretations of that. Um, I know that you, you have a degree from Regent University 
um, you clearly know your Bible so well and know Jesus so well. Um, I wanted just to ask. I just I wanted to ask you, what does that scripture actually mean in light of the fact that uh, in this year, like we have so many people rising up and saying, "I'm not, I'm not content with the way the, this government, different countries, is responding to this issue." Sure, I, I think um, I think that scripture is again back to the political idolatry hypocrisy piece. It's funny because you only hear certain parties quoting that when they're candidates in office, and then they get silent about it when their party's not in office anymore. Like the people that are quoting Romans thirteen now won't say it when Obama was in office, and it's yeah. just, it's just, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I didn't see you post that once, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, so that loses a bit of its sting because I want you know I just I know how that's gonna go. Um, I think that you know one of the things that frustrates me again is. I don't care how much you dislike a person that's in office. One of the one of the blessings of our 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 country and our democracy is free speech. We say we want. One of the downsides of how we've used that is we think that we can just talk about somebody in a position of leadership and authority like they're a dog, um, and we do it to anybody. And I just I just I don't I don't like the disrespect. Um, I can completely completely not like the person that's in office. But I will respect them as an image bearer of God, and I'm going to respect their position and how I speak about them. And I just don't, I don't enjoy when we when we pick and choose who's worthy of our respect and who's worthy of recognizing them as an image bearer of God. So, um, so when it comes to Romans 13, like you know, respect the, we got to start with respecting the person and the people in office as image bearers of God. We got to start respecting anybody with that first, and then we got to look at the people that are in authority that we put there and respect them and their position of authority with that first. Now we can disagree. We can call them out. We can hold them accountable. We can vote them out. We can even take them to court if they break laws. We need to do all of those things. But we're, we're supposed to follow and respect the fact that that person is in a position of authority. Now, when now beyond that, you got acts. You got um, you know we ought to when when the authorities were telling those guys, hey, do not preach in the name of Jesus. They said, look, you have to lock us up and kill us because we're not stopping that. So. Were they in violation of Romans 13? No. They said we ought to obey God rather than men. Our kingdom is is over that. People will abuse that and say, you know, there's a whole the whole COVID thing right now. People are like, well, no, I'm going to, you know, God's giving me my right to not wear a mask in the store. So I should be able to, oh, like, stop, bro. You, <laughs> shop somewhere else or wear a mask. Just yeah. stop being, you know, people are, people are fickle with what they want to pick. But we ought to obey God rather than men. But if you tell me I can't preach the gospel anymore, now I'm in violation of the law. There's, there's, I don't care who's in office. There's nothing I can do. I got to preach the gospel. Woe to me if I don't. So um, I think we got to stop picking and choosing when we want to apply Romans 13. Um, we, we're in a democracy, so we, we're able to uh, vote people out. We're able to stand against oppression. We're able to point unjust laws out and fight against them. And it's going to cost some of us our lives. Uh, and we got to fight those things. But we never have to disrespect the image bearer of God to do it. I mean, I'm, I'm all for you know, Hitler's in, in Germany or whatever. Like, no, like, take that dude out and stop it because he's he's violating image bearers of God. And sometimes it comes to that. You know, I think there's a cause for, like, just war theory and all those things. But uh, I, I just think that sometimes, man, we use we use Romans 13 only because our favorite person's there, and then we shut up about it when they're not, and that's hypocrisy. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is even on your radar yet because you have literally just released your EP, but what does new music look like for you for the rest of this year or are you I don't feel like writing this one out is correct because it's really like you're just you're just driving ahead with it uh but what what does the future and music look like for you with everything else you're doing yeah well I was I was dropping one single I have I have five singles that were finished and I was dropping you know every every six to eight weeks a new one um and it was going to culminate in a playlist I was going to make its own EP called good enough some stuff I've been getting through counseling um, about, you know, just God, even when you're not good enough, God says you're good enough for him and that makes you good enough. So that was the whole premise. Um, so I have three more songs for that ready to go. And then like this happened out of nowhere. And I was like, I paused that and dropped this. So I've got those singles ready to go. Um, but one of the things I, 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 I was reminded of through this was just the spontaneity of like good music and just feeling like sometimes it just comes out and it just is what it is. Sometimes it, you make it and you hold it. Sometimes you make it, you just drop it. 
Um, so I've got those three singles ready to go. I've got a bunch of ideas in the burner. Like for me, it's just, I just want to get into the studio and just keep cranking out how I'm feeling. Um, you know, and, and whatever comes out, comes out. So uh, I may drop those other three singles this year and go back to the plan, or I may drop more stuff in this vein. I'm not sure yet, but I've got some stuff ready to go. All the way, amen, all the way, amen, all the way, amen, all the way, amen, all the way. You are not gonna stop me, promise you cannot outgrind me. Imago day, DNA, you cannot outshine me. Amen, all the way, amen, all the way, amen, all the way, amen, all the way. You are not gonna stop me, promise you cannot outgrind me. Imago day, DNA, you cannot outshine me. I read the B, don't ride the fence. I get a dollar, live off the cents. If I don't get it, promise I am content. Jesus is king, glad the gang is convinced. Our people are dying for finding some peace. And if she's safe, I just feel it proceed. I'm in the field, but I'm not in the weeds. Snake in the grass, so I'm bringing the cleave. Told me to follow the trap and you finding the cheese. I'm on the die, you're not making me. Told me to sacrifice, solo succeed. I gave it to God, you're not getting this deed. I talk, you talk back, honest, we speak. You talk and walk back, honest, you weak. You want the crumb, must be why you tweet. I'm gonna preach, full pit over beat. No AWOL with it. Face opposition, I'ma stay committed. Working out salvation, I'ma stay conditioned. Salute Yeshua, I stay all in this. Men who raising their kids and loving their women. They looking at us like endangered species, but it's appealing. See, we the new normal, forget what you heard or whatever you hearing. Please know the difference between what is true and what is your feelings. We've been here, listen, all the way. My last question for you uh, is if you could go back to January 1st, 2020, uh, and tell yourself anything, knowing what you know now, what would you say? Rest. Yeah. Rest better. Thank you. And take breaks. It's okay. It's okay to take breaks. Like you're not, you're not being lazy. You're not being unfaithful. You're not being unproductive when you take breaks. Um, I'm, that's been my one sin. I do not Sabbath well, and I pay for it in rhythms. And um, and this year, like I said, just hitting that wall, I was like, man, I wish I just listened to God earlier and just take it, <laughs> take it, take it regular offs and taking weekends to cut my phone off and all that. So I'm just, I'm just at a place where. I want to do that better and more regularly. I really hope these strings will communicate my heart. And if they don't, I just pray that there'll be a start. What I can't say, I place the art. Make plain the vacant, hope it makes a spark of a little bit of light and all is dark. I have friends who's dear to me, don't understand the pain I see. I'm building something great, but sometimes I feel the vacancy. Don't know where to turn, feeling lost inside this greatness seems oxymoronic. I'm doing fine as far as they can see. Social media got us confused. It's a place to post the news, not a place to post how you are really doing. So we don't, cause we don't want to hear it. Emoji hands, I'm praying for you, thou shalt not lie. We really know we won't. So if I say that, I really drop my head and whisper something to the father wish i would pray for me when i get bothered when connor was a toddler zero to 100 i would yell when i got stressed outside that harmed us and i'm sorry and i can't go to sleep awake without things on my brain like close people that's in pain i know folk i know that ain't right they left down a dangerous road don't know if it's day night for us to get a call saying he ain't make it to daylight i grew up with stories of inequality and fake rights to pacify a movement people ain't want to see take flight a hope of overcoming into me got shot and nothing happened i looked at josiah like we really in the same fight I have white friends I love dearly My arm I give the right for Who complain about these issues like an eyesore It will go away if we don't look Nothing cancer victims say But the truth they cannot see behind their eyeboards They won't take the plank out While they rolling in the sawdust American dreaming to build a house on false constructs Can't notice the foot and loss from dust that turns to quicksand And want to fix this land from a distance Want an instance where it all goes away without repentance But go to church and praise it with W I hope that that conversation moved you that it moved you to action, that it moved you to hope. Conversations like this are what give me hope and purpose to still stay in the church, to not just go off a drift somewhere and be like, and be a bully in the ocean and still believe in Jesus. Now, conversations like this with a pastor like Legend remind me that there is power when we join together and when we have unity, when we somehow find the common ground with our differences and call out injustice. It's certainly not easy, but that this conversation meant so much to me because of that. So thank you, Legend. Thank you for taking some of your time off to speak life and truth with me.
guys, you can connect with Legend right now on all socials. Just go to at Legend, L-E-G-I-N, TV. You can also find him at legend.tv. That's his website. His new EP, In This Moment, is out now. He's also dropped some new singles in the last month, like Glowin', so you can check them all out. The links are in our bio. Now, what you didn't hear today is that after we finished our conversation, Legend and I actually had a bit of a chat about the Australian political system and about the church in Australia and how we work with political parties. It's a fun question because uh, politics and religion in Australia, they're, they're a bit more divided than in America. But we're seeing increasingly it come to the fore and people align themselves with different parties. Uh, I have big opinions if you hadn't got that from the rest of the podcast yet. So we have a chat about that. Um, it's about 10 minutes long and you'll find that the VIP Rewind episode, which is on our Patreon right now. On the Rewind episode, you will hear that. Plus, I share some thoughts about all the tracks that we share on this episode and give you a few more reflections about this interview. That is all for this episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for having the heavy conversations with me. It is a real joy and a privilege and it keeps me going at the moment, like 2020. uh, But we're here. We are here and we're doing it. So thank you for doing it with me. If you would like to connect with me personally, find me on Instagram at Jessica K. Morris. You can also connect with the podcast at Between You Me Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You will also find us on the interwebs at betweenyouandmepod.com, where you can subscribe to us on any of your favorite podcasting platforms and go and give us a star rating so more people can find the show. You will find all the links to our socials there. Catch up with everything that our social media manager, Morgan, is doing. Some old interviews, some throwbacks, merch, all good stuff. That is all I have for you this week. Thank you, guys. Thank you for holding the light close to your chest and chasing it with every single piece of you. I love you. I will see you next week for a very special episode dedicated to World Suicide Prevention Day. My name is Jessica Morris. Here's to hope. Oh, baby, call me. Yeah. You ain't gotta stress no further. Yeah. Be all you need. Yeah. You ain't gotta stress no further.